What's going on, everyone? Adam and Reed here. We're back with another episode of the another Hole in the Wall Sports Talk. It's been a while. We're going to get right into it. We're going to start by talking about the play-in, uh, especially in the West, and then we'll move on to the East. As we all know, a few date. it might have been a week ago at this point, LeBron said how much he hated the play-in tournament. Obviously, we all know he originally liked it, but now when it comes to um, having to play, with, play in it, it becomes more of an issue. But it's fair to say that I think when he has to rush back from injury, and I think we've seen that a lot on both sides. Um, so what are your now new thoughts on the playing tournament? And then we'll get into the possible teams that could be playing in there. Yeah, um, like I said, um, I think last episode or whatever, um, I feel like it should be like a range where like a team that's five games back from the, the uh, like the other the the next closest seed. Maybe that team shouldn't deserve to be make shouldn't deserve to make it. Deserve even a chance. The team has like a good record comparable to other teams around the same um, seed line as them. Right. So, for example, right now I'm looking at um the East, and I feel like, I mean, the Pacers, for example, are like four games back of the Celtics, but they have nearly an equal opportunity to move forward and get into the actual playoffs. Not saying the Celtics deserve that much of a chance, but, you know. Yeah, in the West, it's even worse. The Spurs the t- are the 10th seed. They're um, Six back five of the Lakers. and a half back from the Lakers, which um, I think that five and a half games is, is definitely a lot um, to have. It's not an equal chance as the Lakers to make it, but to even have a chance being that many games back is a little... Right. I don't know how I feel about it. And another thing to note is, just so everyone remembers, the 7 and 8 seeds play, the 9 and 10 seeds play, and then whoever wins in the 7 and 8 is automatically moving on. Whoever loses has another chance of the winner against the 9 and 10 seed, which is something that kind of gets glanced over a lot. If you're a 7 and 8 seed, you do have two chances to win, basically. Correct, yeah. But I guess we'll look at the West first. Um... The Lakers at 38 and 30 might have to play a play in right now, which is kind of crazy to think about. But LeBron, the reason the play in has become an issue, I think, with this, especially with a condensed season, is for LeBron to have to rush back from injury to like try to avoid this is not good for the league, obviously. I mean, he's already missed more games since, right? And then we have the Warriors at 8, Grizzlies at 9, and the Spurs at 10. And I don't feel like either of those last three teams even, like, compare to the Lakers, honestly. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, the uh, Warriors, I guess, they have Curry, so they have a chance. But, um, yeah, it's it's just it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Um, and I kind of have a feeling that we may not see this format going forward. And if we do, maybe not in this exact way. Yeah, maybe they'll, they'll tweak it a little bit. Because truthfully, I do like the playing idea, but like the idea of like one of the, my least favorite things about the NBA has always been how teams that are under five hundred can make the playoffs. And what this rule basically does is add potentially four new teams that make the playoffs under five hundred. Now I understand it's because of like how matchmaking works. Like you need to have the certain number of teams to have like an even playoff tournament, but just to give more teams that are like blatantly just like not that good chances it feels a little off to me yeah maybe maybe moving forward doing something like they did last year where 
it's just the eight plays the nine seed. Right. Maybe eliminating that 10, 10 seed and the seven seed is in. Maybe something like that. Um, I think that'd be really at great. The end honestly, of the day, like this, it really isn't going to play that much of a factor because none of these teams, outside of I guess the Lakers, but we all know the injuries and everything like that. I mean, none of these teams are really playoff threats. I wouldn't say. Right. Now, if we're going to look at the East, uh, basically the Celtics have no chance to get out of the plan. We'd have to beat the Heat on Tuesday, but that's unrealistic. So we have the, <laughs> we have Celtics as the seven seed, Hornets as the eight seed, um, Wizards as the nine seed, Pacers as the ten seed, and the Celtics are two games up on the Hornets. So I mean, it looks in all likelihood that they'll get the seven seed unless they can somehow climb up to the sixth. Again, unrealistic. But Hornets are. Without Gordon still, um, the Wizards have played playing quite well. But the problem with me is the Pacers, a team that's actively like trying to lose it, feels like, is going to probably make the playoffs. Yeah, but they probably, yeah. I mean, from a Celtics point of view here, um, I'd like to just beat the Hornets and not have oh, to worry about... Oh, I don't want to play the Wizards, dude. I really don't. Yeah, not have to worry about playing Bradley Beal and winner go home games. I mean, even the Pacers, I mean, I wouldn't want to play them in the one-or-done game either, really. Um, I know they're not as good, but, I mean, any team in a one-or-done game, anything can happen. So, um, if you're the Celtics, you, you just want to take care of business against the, the Hornets and move on. And yeah. that's the matchup we get, which looks likely at this point. It looks likely, um, because as good as the Wizards have been playing, I mean, the, the Wizards only one game back of the Hornets, too. So, they could definitely steal that spot. But, yeah, 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 that's possible. But in terms of the Celtics, really quick, ever since Tatum dropped 60, um, they've lost so many winnable games, including the only win the Thunder have had in the last 22 games. How is that possible? Yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I mean, it's not good anytime you're losing to the most blatant tanking team in NBA history. Uh, not ideal. And I can say, like, how all these players have been hurt, but, like, like, come on! It's the it's the Thunder guys. Like, yeah, the lineup the lineup's not great. <laughs> um, yeah. So, looking at it now, the Thunder are one in twenty one in their last twenty two games, and so easily, just blatantly throwing all these games, but yet they get praised. Yeah, I mean, we went over this um, a couple podcasts ago about how. Um, Sam Hankey really changed the NBA. I mean, when he started doing this, not I wouldn't even say it was to this degree either. I mean, the team was just horrible, but it's not like... He told players, players to go home. ...season to start sitting out. Um, I mean, this, this I mean, people were furious about it. It was talked about every day. I mean, it was a serious thing. People were really upset, and now no one, no one says anything about the Thunder. And, I mean, like you said, they're pretty much praised for what they're doing. Um... It's just funny how that works, but I mean, I guess, I guess that's what what happens. I mean, the first one to do something is always critiqued for it, and then, and then people following it up just it, they don't have to face the same, same sort of repercussions as the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually want to talk for a moment about the Pacers. Um, they have they're a very weird team because there's not many teams that can have three twenty point per game scores. And also have other great players, for example, like Miles Turner. 
The three point, 20 point game scores are obviously Levert, Brogdon, and Sabonis, by the way. All three of which are near all star players, if not all star players, like Sabonis' case. Um, yet they sit here at 31 and 36, have had some issues with their head coaching recently. What do you see as the outlook for this Pacers team? Do you think maybe they move on from some of these guys in the offseason or they try to stay the course? I don't really know. Like you said, they're a weird team. Um, they should be better than what they are, but it should, they're just not. I mean, like you said, the three guys at the top, Miles Turner is a good player. Uh, TJ McConnell's former six are actually having a pretty good year too. Um, Even Holiday is really good this year. Yeah, it's it's a weird team. Um, I I feel like maybe they just they didn't have a lot of time to gel with some of the trades maybe. Maybe the coaching is a problem, but this team should not be a 10 seed. They're way, they should be way better than mm-hmm. that. I think um, their head coach is... By the way, they I believe it was Nate McMillan they let go to hire their new coach, who's surely going to be fired in the offseason. And ever since McMillan's become the head coach of the Hawks, they've been really good too, just to add some insult to injury. But um, in terms of the paces, I guess the only thing you can really say about the team is Sabonis is their best player, who's really good, but he's not a superstar, where if you look at the teams above them, I mean, I guess aside from the Knicks, who are just like a better all-around team... The Sixers I think have, you can make an argument for the Hawks, too, honestly. Yeah, that's a good point. Even I, I guess you could even say Heat with Jimmy to some extent, but what, after we saw what he did in the playoffs last year, I'm not really willing to say that quite yet. But obviously the I team... Mean, the, the Hornets, too. Yeah, true, true. I mean, the thing is with the Pacers still is like, Sabonis is a really good player, but he's not a superstar, and maybe that's just what this team is lacking. I mean, maybe they're just going to hope Karis LeVert kind of becomes that, but... Yeah, I think the the Pacers and the Raptors have been, like, the the overachieving teams in the East for the last four or five years that um, never really had that star outside of the one year of Kawhi, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, always kind of seemed to be top four, five seeds in the East. So always teams you don't want to play in the playoff as well coached and both of them just having really really bad year off season and um if they can bounce back next year and get back to the level of play they've been producing over the last several years yeah and that's no insult obviously to like guys on the raptors like DeRozan and Lowry and guys that the, the guys like we just mentioned on the Pacers it's just it, sometimes it takes a certain level of a player to be able to really make any serious noise in the playoffs. Yeah, and um, like those teams just always seem to be overachieving. Like the Raptors were like the one seed a couple times um, ahead of like the LeBron Cavs. Um, the Pacers just always seem to be a top team when it seems like other teams around them should be better. And then this year it feels like those two teams should be better. And it's kind of like the roles are reversed and other teams around them that maybe we didn't think would be as good um, are really playing better than them. So it's just a, something a little interesting um, and seeing how that plays out heading into next year. And then we could say for the rap, one year the Raptors did win, um, they went out there and got the superstar player too. So Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else we got to talk about in the NBA. Um, yeah, I want to talk about a little bit for a minute about Giannis. Um, I think he could... He really should be making some noise for Defensive Player of the Year and possibly MVP, but 
I think the fact that we all know he's won the last two years and voter fatigue is a thing, and that I think the fans are like aware of voter fatigue to such an extent at this point. We know he's not gonna win. Like it's kind of weird because his numbers, like you've told me in the past, are literally the exact same as last two years, if not a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, and this year, I mean, I guess Jokic is gonna win the award at this point, but I mean, I mean, Giannis had probably I would say a better argument this year than than he did last year. I would I mean, say the year that Harden won, that Giannis won Hard- the first year, I believe, Harden yeah. should have beat him pretty easily in my opinion, but Yeah, and then last year um, with LeBron coming back, leading that team who didn't make the playoffs to the consensus number 1 seed. I mean, you could have made a legit argument for him last year. I mean, this year it honestly feels like Giannis is the MVP and he's not getting any, any recognition. recognition. It's just like I always say, like those awards are just—it's just a narrative base. They don't actually ever really get the awards right, and it's—it's it's kind of a shame because at the end of the uh, when these guys all retire and look back on it, I mean, you're gonna see guys that should have more MVPs than they do, but just just got screwed things out of their control. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could say LeBron has should have like four to five more MVPs as it is. I mean. I mean, yeah, LeBron's the most valuable player for at least 10 years in the league. I think he has four or five. Um, but, I mean, it's just it's just, it just is what it is. It doesn't seem like there, there's this kind of issue in any of the other leagues, really. Mm-hmm. But in basketball, it just seems to be a big issue that I don't know if there's anything anything the league can really do about it, but it just... It just isn't really right most of the time how they get to the award winners. It seems like, at least in my opinion, a lot of the times, it doesn't really seem like they get it right. Mm-hmm. have to agree completely. The only other way I would say like this is an issue in other sports is that in the MLB, um, Mike Trout could have won a couple more times, but the problem is his team wasn't good, which you could, which doesn't really happen as much in the NBA because typically if you have a player at that level, the team is just automatically good. But that's the only yeah. real gripe I yeah. can see with it. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can make the argument in the NFL, but it's it's a quarterback ninety percent of the time. But I mean, that's the most valuable position, so it's justified. Um, it makes sense. Yeah. In the last uh, basketball topic, I really want to talk a couple more actually. A uh, couple records broken. Russell um, Westbrook broke the all-time triple-double record, and Lamelo has moved up to tenth all-time on the scoring. Uh, Charts, uh, a couple of things that I think kind of went under underappreciated, honestly. Yeah, I didn't even know about that that Lamelo stat. Uh, kind of crazy if you think about it. He's missed, um, I don't know, probably ten games, and with the the shortened season too, ten less games just in general. Um, kind of crazy for him to be in the top ten, having played probably around twenty less games than most of the guys ahead of him. And that Russell Westbrook stat, I mean, he's been playing really good recently. Um, I know neither one of us have ever really been the biggest Russell Westbrook fans, but um, he's really, really been playing well, and it's been translating to wins, um, which is something that I don't always necessarily feel like it does. Um, he stopped with the, the shooting five plus threes a game, which he just – that, that was so good for his game because the other team – it's like it's kind of like Giannis, where like if they take a three, the defense is winning. Even like it's just not an efficient shot and not something that that you want if you're a fan of those teams or on those teams. Mm-hmm. It's something that the defense wants you to settle for. 
Um, but he's been really, really good. And um, the Wizards were a team I was high on heading into the season. Obviously, it didn't really work out. But they could be a dangerous team um, playing a team high up in the seeds. I know from a Sixers perspective, I wouldn't necessarily want to play them in the first round. But I guess we'll see how it works out. Yeah, and a couple notes on that is, um, first of all, I believe Russell started the season. Um, a report came out that he had like some sort of quad injury, so I think that played into it. Um, second of all, I think you might have misheard my first stat. Carmelo Anthony reached 10th all-time on the scoring list. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you said LaMelo Ball reached it for the rookies. Okay, yeah, um, so you can just ignore everything I just said. Um, I should have known that because I did know Melo did that, but... For some reason, I, I thought you said LaMelo Ball, but um, whatever. But it's important to note he's come back and has played really good again and is giving the Hornets some hope come the playoff times, I think. Absolutely, yeah. And for Carmelo, um, it's kind of crazy that he was just like not in the league for nearly two years, and now he's like a he's not the best player, obviously, but he's been producing for the Blazers uh, whatever they really for whatever what they, that they really need. Yeah, he's, he's a good role player. Um kind of reminds me a little bit about um like Dwight Howard where it seemed like his career was over for about a couple of years was either not in the league or playing really poorly um seemed like more of a distraction than was actually helping you on the court and now both of them are adding to their legacies both Hall of Fame players and both of them are are just improving um like their their image basically mm-hmm. um, um, Dwight Howard's now looked upon as one of the better backup centers in the league. Um, a guy who works hard on both ends has some has fouling issues, but that's fine for a backup center when you're only playing 15 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Melo, who's who's been a, a starter and bench player for the Blazers, who are a solid playoff team and has been producing for them. Um, both guys who who have really really found a way to turn it around and finish their careers on a high note, which is. Um, something good to see and um, good for them to go out. Not necessarily go out. They might have years left, but mm. um, to, to finish their careers on high notes rather than the um, lower notes that they were um, viewed upon a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, and in terms of basketball, oh, I got one more thing on basketball. So how far do we think the Knicks can make noise in the playoffs? Do we think they can get through the first round, maybe two or do you think, honestly, I think it's possible that they lose to the Hawks, depending on how that series goes? Um, yeah, the, if that's the series, which um, the Heat are tied with the Hawks right now, if I'm a Knicks fan, I want the Hawks. Um, I would not want the Heat. Um, I don't think the Knicks could beat the Sixers in the second round. Uh, ben Simmons has never lost to the Knicks in his career, so um, wouldn't love that those odds from the Knicks. Um, but I think they could beat the Hawks and maybe even the Heat. The Heat, I think, would po- uh, pose some some bigger issues for them um, just because of the experience they have mm-hmm. and missing a lot of their players. They had a pretty good amount of COVID issues this year, so now that they're all back and healthy, I'd say they're a more dangerous team than the Hawks probably, but I think this Knicks team could probably win a playoff series. Um, I don't think more than one, though. But, right. I mean, if they win a playoff series... We've talked about how we don't necessarily love this next team, but if they win a playoff series, I mean, that's obviously great progress considering where they were um, a year ago. Right. And one thing I'll say about the Heat team, too, which poses a big issue, um, 
I know from playing with them in the playoffs last year, it felt like every single guy could legitimately knock down a three if you if they just kept passing around. Um, it was gonna eventually end up in um a shooter's hand, and that's ironic because the two best players are like. Jimmy Butler hadn't hit a three in like a month before he hit a huge one against the Celtics, of course, yesterday. But um, every guy on that Nick on that Heat team can really shoot, and even to add Trevor Reza out of like nowhere, I think that was a pretty good add, honestly. Yeah, he was he was on the Thunder. I think they might have uh, cut him because most point. I think he was in the Myers Leonard trade, actually. Was it okay? So they literally traded that guy. For a legitimate role player who had like nineteen yesterday. Wait, who who did the Thunder get in that trade? Myers Leonard. Oh, okay. Who was cut okay, immediately? So in, uh, uh, you might as well have just cut him at that point because they ended up cutting one. Um, yeah. Obviously, we don't need to talk about him. But, I think they might have gotten uh, a second round pick too, but yeah, probably. But but it is what it is. Um, good move from the Heat there. Um, like you said. And, He's very um, similar to how Jay Crowder was last year for me because I always thought Jay Crowder might have been a bigger piece in that Andre Iguodala trade, and he was great for them last year in the playoffs. He's been really good this year, and Trevor Reza is just basically filling in that role that they hadn't really perfectly filled from last year. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, that that's a big move for them to add a defensive three point shooting wing player, mm-hmm. um, and the Heat are just a, de- a somewhat dangerous team. Obviously, the pedigree there. And a team I wouldn't necessarily want to play if I could avoid. Yep. We're going to move on to baseball now, where it is May 10th, everyone. The Red Sox, A's, and Giants hold the best record in baseball. Red Sox alone and, have the best and, record. And, and the Dodgers are nearly 500 and came above. Don't worry, we'll get to that. <laughs> so, literally, um, I had thought the Red Sox could be good before the season, and they have been. The A's and Giants are out of nowhere for me. Any thoughts on them? Because, like, looking at their team structure, I like the Giants pitching, but otherwise I just don't understand how we even have gotten to this point, honestly. I mean, yeah, as good as the Giants are playing, they're only a game and a half up on the Padres and two and a half up on the Dodgers, who, like I mentioned, aren't playing well at all right now. So I wouldn't expect them to this this division to finish like this, but um, the Dodgers have a good good little team going for a team that's not really necessarily trying to win right now uh i mean they they're 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 like you said their pitching's been really good um and i think they're a team that could be good next year maybe in the uh few coming years but a lot of cap I space see them i don't see them making the playoffs they could make the second wild card um but i don't see them for sure not winning this division but they've had a great start to the season so give them credit yep and the A's and, are kind of similar for me in that case, I would have to say. Yeah, I I wasn't high on the A's at all coming into the season. Um, I just thought they lost too much talent, but they're piecing it together right now. Um, Jed Lowry's been really good for them <laughs> because, of course, he's been really good for them. I mean, they could win this division. It's a relatively weak division. Um, I think the Astros are still the favorite for sure. but If not the Angels also. It wouldn't be. I would be more surpri- less surprised to see the A's win the division than I would for the Giants. Mm-hmm. And to talk about the Red Sox now, um, the top five hitters have been really carrying the offense, obviously. That would be J.D., Bogarts, Devers, Vasquez, and Verdugo, all having really good years. Um, and I think um, 
Bogarts and Devers have become two of the more underrated players in the game, honestly. Bogarts is hardly ever talked about in the shortstop uh, conversation, but I believe he has the best offensive war other than Trey Turner for shortstops. And Devers is hitting new, at a 900 OPS, but I saw something earlier that said he is underperforming based on how hard he's hitting the ball. It's like, he's batting 280, but his expecting batting average is like literally 340. So like somehow he might have another gear somewhere, um, which would just be incredible. I think he's incredibly underrated. Um, based on what this says on Fancrafts, he should have a 340 average, a 420 on base percentage, and a near 700 slugging. So like as good as he's been this year, there's definitely space for like a little more fortune to fall his way, which would just be make this offense nearly unstoppable in my opinion. And the pitching has been really good, obviously. Um, Garrett Richards has been off to a rough start, but has really improved. Um, Evaldi, Erod, and Pavetta have really led the front of the staff. And Martin Perez just kind of throws five innings, give up two runs, you know. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the, the offense has been the best in baseball so far. J.D. Martinez having a monster year. The other guys you mentioned, Bogarts, Devers. Um, Verdugo even mm-hmm. um, a lot of guys really having a good year for the Red Sox and they they got a three and a half game lead right now on this division and um, the Yankees haven't looked great so far I mean they're two games above 500 considering where they started I guess that's not bad um, we all know my thoughts on the Rays wasn't too high on them this year uh, I, I mean the Red Sox could probably win this division I think I think I would still give the edge to the Yankees but I It wouldn't shock me if the Red Sox won this division at this point. Yeah, so the only thing I'd probably say is when I look at the Yankees, I don't look at them like the same way I would like a couple months ago, I feel like. I feel like I look at their lineup that used to feel like so scary, but now they have Glaber in there who just hit his first home run, who's been really bad this year. They just had a lot of guys who like have not nearly met expectations. Judges was out of lineup again yesterday. It's really been like all Stanton, Judge, and... um. LeMahieu this season on offense, and then you know my thoughts on the pitching, obviously, and the ro- starting rotation specifically. Yeah, I think the bullpen is is really good though. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, this team's not as strong as a lot of people thought. I I had them winning the AL just because I didn't like any of the other teams really. But um, they definitely have their flaws, um, and they're not invincible not like we once thought. What'd you say? They're not like invincible once I once thought yeah. they were. Yeah, exactly. I don't think they're they're one of the. T- I don't think they're like in position for the best team in baseball, like some people thought they would be. Right. Uh, so I think I think the Red Sox can give them a run for their money, and um, those series coming up um, should be really good, which is good for baseball because mm. that's obviously the the big rivalry in the sport. Unfortunately, they don't play till June this year, which is really disappointing. But also, that that could end up being uh, not bad necessarily, though, because both of them could have maybe like vying for the division at that right. point, both having playing well with not necessarily too small of a sample size. So, I mean, while, it, yeah, it kind of sucks that they don't play for another month. another month or so, it could end up being not a terrible thing if they have all their series in really meaningful portions of the season. Yep. So now we're going to move on to the DeGrom injury. Um, obviously, he's been the best pitcher in baseball by a literal country mile. Um Getting tested for an MRI, and this is nearly the best season on the line, I feel like. Yeah, if they lose him, that's really bad. Um, 
obviously, I mean, they can't win for him anyway, so maybe it wouldn't be too bad. Obviously kidding. But, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Mets have, um, they're a game up on the Phillies right now in the NL East. Um, haven't even really been hitting well, really, at all. Um, There's a total and, another gear for this team to go, too, also once it, Carrasco exactly. goes back. Yeah, um, I think they're probably the favorites to win this division at this point. I mean, I think they kind of have to be, but obviously if the ground injury changes everything. Mm. Um, it, it, I mean, obviously hoping for the best for DeGrom. Uh, never want to see guys get injured. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see the results, I guess. Yeah, and speaking of the rest of that NL East, I mean, the Marlins are the only team with a plus run differential, despite being fourth in the, the division, I believe. Um, the Braves have been really rough for most of this year. Phillies just keep losing heartbreakers, as we mentioned, um, and we've talked about. We just talked about the Mets. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't have anything to say on the Phillies. I mean, the fact that they're a game above five hundred, I guess, is somewhat good considering. It feels like they've lost a million heartbreaking games this year, but um, it is what it is. I'm not going to talk about the Phillies too much. Yeah. Um. So, if you're watching the Statcast version of Sunday Night Baseball last night, which we were because we hate the Sunday Night Baseball. I can't group. listen to Alex Rodriguez. I can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. Um, I saw that Bohm and Reese Hoskins are both like 90th percentile for hard hit rates, yet they're both seriously like struggling to start this season. So I think the offense has some serious like luck to get gains soon because Bohm, for example, has not really had any offense production, but the underlying numbers are all there, so... Yeah, he's he's been really lining out a ton. Um, he he's a good hitter. I think he'll be fine. Um, Hoskins had the super hot start. He's always a streaky guy. I'm not really worried about him either. He he'll go ten games where he doesn't get a hit, and then he'll homer in four or five straight. Mm. Um, it's just the kind of player he is. The only thing I'm slightly concerned about him is the walks are down. I know we were talking and the about strikeouts this are up. Yeah, yeah, but. Um, I think the walks will get there. I hope they'll get there. Um, but he's been more aggressive to start the season, which was good when he was hitting the ball and hitting home runs, driving guys in. But um, the walks are super important. I know a lot of Phillies fans hate the fact that he 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 doesn't he's not aggressive sometimes. But um, that there has to be a happy medium there. We need him to be aggressive. Um, on pitch, he can do damage with, but also working the count and uh, working walks is is a very important part of the game as well. Mm-hmm. So. He's got to try and find that happy medium and, and try and just just be the player that I think he's capable of being. You want to talk about Joe Girardi? I, I mean, I don't think he's a very good manager. Um, I think we've, I've kind of kind of hit that point. Um, I mean, I just I, I, I feel like sometimes he, he, he just makes the starters go longer than I feel like they should be, and they're capable of I, last night he pulled nola really early which i was fine with because it was pretty clear they were going to lose so why waste the pitches um i mean you got your guys nola Eflin, and wheeler have all been really good this year so he, he's going to ride those guys which um i mean he should they're, they're all really really good um but sometimes his use of the bullpen doesn't make any sense to me um i, I don't I don't, I don't know why David Hale is on the team. He's terrible. Uh, it's just they can't win on the road either. It makes no sense. They're like the worst road baseball team since like the start of twenty nineteen by like far. They can't win a game on the road. 
And Nola's been bad on the road as well. Last night, last night too, that um, Nola's been really bad on the road, which is really weird because Citizens Bank Park's a hitter's park. It's not a pitcher's park, so it doesn't it doesn't really make any sense to me, but um, is what it is, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, this team, it, we'll see. I mean, I think they're, they'll be, I mean, they're, their bullpen's definitely better than last year. It's not a strong Can't bullpen, be worse. Cannot be worse. Yeah, I mean, they have some guys. Um, Sam Coonrod's been really good for them this year. Um, honestly, I, I'd like to see him maybe get a chance as the closer role. I like Neris a lot, but um, I don't know. I feel like maybe it just might be time to switch that up and just, or maybe just have it not be a set guy and just go game-by-game basis. Um but I mean, this. I mean, they're eighteen and seventeen. We're on a five-game winning streak. Swept the Brewers four in a row. Then beat the Braves game one. Uh, looking like they're going to win game two. They're on a roll. Lose it in heartbreaking fashion, and then of course lose yesterday to end up losing that series to the Braves. Um, I mean, they've played a hard schedule to start the season, but um, I'm going to need to see some improvements before I really buy into this team as a playoff contender or even really a playoff team. Mm-hmm. One more thing I'll say is that um, next time ESPN has the StatCast game, uh, definitely watch that. It was really interesting, and A-Rod's not there, so, you know. Also, stop playing the Phillies on Sunday Night Baseball. We always lose, and I, I just don't want to watch. Can we just stop playing? Don't, I don't want to be on Sunday Night Baseball the rest of the year. We already played, like, at least three times that I'm remembering. I don't mean, worry, B. Don't worry. Red Sox and Yankees will be there plenty of times comes the summer. So, <laughs> I used to do that. This man in twenty eighteen. I remember we were like playing the Yankees every Sunday, dude. It felt like. Yeah, it's. I'm not a. I'd rather just play in the day and then not have to listen to that crap at night. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, um, let me think. Any? Oh, and the last. I think our last MLB note, um, Dustin May, Tommy John surgery, which is a really big deal. They've had a lot of injuries in general. Um, obviously, we don't we expect the Dodgers to be fine. They just really need to get healthy at this point. And May is a huge one. Yeah, that's a huge one. Obviously, hoping for the best for him. Uh, one of a, one of the bright young starters um, in the league. Uh, only two and a half back, two and a half games back um, for a team that is. The most talented in baseball, like you said, has a lot of injuries. Um, I think they'll be fine, but um, I think they they don't. You don't want to far, fall too far behind ever. Um, so just keep it manageable, and and they'll go on their runs. They're they're a good team. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, otherwise, I think that's all we got for today. Uh, yeah, I got I got nothing else. Um, Angels. Fall in the last place in the AL West. Yep. Just it, it's just every year with this team. They have two of the best players in the game. Oh, by the way, um, obviously they DFA'd him in between the last episode, uh, which is a really good job by them, honestly. But can we not have the best two, arguably the two best players in baseball, and be last in the division, please? We got Anthony Rendon too, who's no scrub. He's been on the IL for most of this year, but yeah. And Jared Walsh is playing really well. I think that um, obviously led to the the Pujols DFA. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pitching just, is just just be be five hundred. Just give us be, a chance. Get get us to to August with a chance to make the playoffs. The pitching has been terrible outside of Otani. 
it's every year with this team. Bundy has been I mean, terrible. Rossiel Iglesias, which I thought was a great move to bring him in, has not been good. I mean, there needs to be a move at the deadline. Cause you Anytime got... you're worse than the Rangers with Trout, Otani, and Rendon, it's not ideal. Yeah. It makes me sad to think about, dude. Alright, I got enough of the nose. Alright, that's all we got. Thank you all for listening.